Thank you, Debbie. Check this out. This is great news. God empowers you by faith. You can even reverse those two. By faith, God empowers you. Now, we're going to elaborate on this a little bit more today. Uh, just to say, by faith. If someone asks you, why do you believe? Because I have faith. Yeah, but why? And how can I make it grow? How can I you know, expand my faith? Believe even more. Try even harder. We'll look at that. But what I can tell you is that just as much as God empowers you by Scripture, by His Spirit, and by His perseverance, He also empowers you to believe. And guys, that's great news that we have in our lives. I hope that you find that news pleasing to you. So now, let's elaborate on that. Have you ever tried to plead somebody else? Look, I'm not telling you today that God empowers you by faith just to make you happy, but it should make you happy. It's not about just pleasing others. We think about pleasing others in our lives. And a lot of us might even say something along the lines of, who cares? I don't care what people think about me. Some of you have told me that before. And no, yes, you do. Yes, you do. You do. And maybe it's easy to kind of present that self or present that attitude, but I promise you, you care. Maybe you don't care as far as a certain extent. Maybe sometimes people aren't going to like you, and you can't help that, right? But you still you want people to like you. you. You want people to listen to you. You do want to please others. You try to be socially acceptable. And how can I prove that? Well, how about this? You brush your teeth, don't you? I hope you do. Uh, you bathe. You use deodorant. That's trying to be socially acceptable. Uh, maybe you say, well, I don't want to take care of my body. Yes, you do. Absolutely. Absolutely you do. But the fact is, we all at least make some effort to try to be pleasing to others. We want to be liked. We want to be acceptable. But now think about if we put the effort towards pleasing others that we put that we would now put towards pleasing God. Are we acceptable to God? Are we making him our first priority? Our relationship with God should be our number one priority. We know that. We've talked about that so much. So are you working on it? Are you working hard on it? Or are you hardly working? Are you working to be pleasing to God? Now think about that for a second, because it's really easy to say, yeah, I am. You bet I am. But man, sometimes... It's hard. Sometimes we really can find ourselves thinking, I'm doing everything I can do. But what do we know? What do we know about pleasing God? We know that it's going to take faith. And we know that faith should always be growing. We should always be trying to learn more, to know more about our Lord. Let's look today in Hebrews 11. It's going to be our, our chapter that we're going to be in today. Hebrews 11, verse 6. It says this, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, there's a few things about that verse that we need to think about here. First of all, there's nothing that you can do to please God unless you first have faith. Good deeds are great. But if you're not doing them because you believe, because you are faithful to God, that's not pleasing to God. Maybe it's pleasing to others. 
But to please God, we've got to really believe. But now we can look in the book of James, and it says even the demons believe that there is only one God, and they tremble in terror. They're they're afraid of that. They know. They believe it because they know that there is only one God. So it's just more, more than just believing as well. But you also must believe that he exists and what? Earnestly seek him. Follow him in everything that we do. Believe in him. Have faith. And it's by that faith that he will empower us to succeed. So if you really want to please God, grow your faith. And again, I have to ask you now, are you working hard at that or are you hardly working? Are you changing for him? How is your faith? As we think about this today, as we look about uh, how we can be empowered by faith, how is yours? Only you can answer that. Maybe we should instead ask this, how can I grow? Or maybe, can I grow? Ladies and gentlemen, we know the answer to that, don't we? Yes, you can most certainly grow. So let's go to a starting point then. Look at people. We got to grow our faith. Here's how we're going to do it. First, we're going to look at people. We're going to study people. Have you ever people watched before? Gone to someplace and just really just kind of watched people. You know, maybe go to a uh, an event, maybe a baseball game, and instead of watching the game, you're kind of watching how people react and stuff. I think we've all probably done that from time to time. Uh, I don't know if it's the polite thing to do, but you can't help it sometimes, man. People do ridiculous things, and you have to watch them. <laughs> But we're not just going to study those people. We're going to study people in Scripture and people that are faithful Christians. We find those in the Bible. Now, you can really look at people in so many different situations, but this is where we're going to look at them today. Uh, But first, let's look at some people. Here's a big group of people. There was a celebration in the city of Chicago this week. Uh, Five million people showed up. Think about that for a second. This is just a small picture of this celebration. Five million people showed up. They said it was the biggest gathering of people in one place in the history of the Western Hemisphere and seventh all time in the world. Wow! And as some of you may have watched this, like I did this week to see these people celebrating, I thought, I wonder how many of them know the Lord. That's a whole lot of people. We always say we have work to do. We do. Because, folks, some of those are lost. Some of them don't know the Lord. And what an opportunity it would have been that day to get up and give a testimony and say, hey, let me tell you about my Jesus. We might not ever have five million people show up here to hear the word of God. We might not ever have that audience. But one thing's for sure, even if it's one person at a time, we need to tell them. And to do that again, to grow our faith, let's look at people of Scripture, people of faith, Christians. Hebrews chapter 11. Everyone knows about this chapter. Probably this is the the faith hall of fame, as I like to call it. Heroes of faith also is called. And when we look at Hebrews 11 today, uh, we can see, if you do some math real quick, you will see that there are 16 examples of people of faith. Now, here's a few. Abraham. What do we know about Abraham? He obeyed God. When God told him to move, he moved. It was 100, he was 100 years old. He'd waited 100 plus years for a very special event to happen. The birth of his son. The birth of his son Isaac. And just like God promised him, he had a son. And what did Abraham do through all that? He obeyed God. 
And Kevin, perfect example today. I won't even talk about uh, the Isaac because it was covered. Uh, but who else? David, Samuel, another couple examples. Look at King David. Look, these are ordinary dudes. These are ordinary people with extraordinary faith. You could look and you could see these examples and you can learn from these folks, which is what we've been trying to do on Wednesday night, to look and realize that these people are real just like we are. These aren't just stories. This isn't fiction. This is real. It's about faith. What else we can see in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, that there are 30 plus results of faith. I'm going to read, read that right now. Look at, I don't have this verse up there, but verses 33 through 40 says this. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. All these great things because of these people's faith. By faith it happened. But wait, there's more. But others were tortured, refused to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. Others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised, for God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. 30 plus results. And listen, some of those things are hard to, to, to really grasp. These people were going through a lot. Some of them had really great things happen in their lives. But the fact is, at the end of the day, we're all going to be victorious when we believe and put our faith in Jesus. Maybe bad things happen in your lives. And some, some of y'all are struggling right now. Some of y'all are sad and had things happen in your lives that really bother you. And some of you are, are, are on cloud nine because of recent victories. <coughs> But the fact is, it's only through faith. And through that faith is where that victory comes. What else about Hebrews 11? 23 times the terms by faith was used. You know some of these stories. But you also know the people that aren't written here uh, about here in chapter 11. People in your own lives. People that have encouraged you. People that you know about that have never given up hope. That have never, ever, ever once said... It's not going to happen, or I don't have enough faith, or I can't. And why is one of the reasons why their faith was growing? Because they prayed. And that, how are you going to grow your faith? Prayer. Of course. We can look to people. We can learn from, from these examples that we have in Scripture. But we also must have that communication with God. As we look at Hebrews now, chapter 11, verse 21 through 29, here's a, here's a brief part of that. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on top of his staff. Just bust through these with me here, Ryan. By faith, Joseph, when he was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. Talking about that on Wednesday nights. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. 
And by faith, Moses, uh, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Excuse me. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as the greater value than the treasures of Egypt. By faith is how they persevered. Praying for deliverance. That's what they were trying to do. Break those chains. Deliver me from this temptation, from this evil, from this bad situation in my life. Deliver me from sin. And we're talking about generations here. Generations of people that have hardships that were asking for deliverance. In, in this case, specifically from Egypt. Hardships are different, aren't they? Right now, we can say uh, so many different things about the hardships that we have in our lives. And we can say that it doesn't compare to the, the early Christians. And it doesn't. It's different. We still have hardships. Some of them uh, saw miracles. But some of them were also killed in the Colosseum and crucified and stoned and beaten. That's never happened to us for the faith. As far as I know, none of us have ever experienced that. And so many times nowadays, and we're in scary times, folks. We all know that. We have a big election coming up this Tuesday. Let me tell you who's going to be victorious at the end. Christians, those who have faith, those who believe in God, those who have Jesus in their heart. There's no one that we can elect that's going to fix anything. The only thing that can really be done by us as Christians is one person at a time. We have to start behaving as Christians if we want our country to change. We have to be the ones that lead the way with love every single day. We've got to set the example. We can't put our hope and our trust and our faith in any candidate. There's only one person we can put our hope and our trust and our faith in, and that, of course, being Jesus Let's put our hope and trust and faith in him then, and let's pray. We have to pray for our election. It's important. We should always pray for our election, not just this year, every year. Anytime we go to a ballot box, we should pray. But do not let yourselves be obsessed with only that, because there's lost people out there, and we need to be praying for them too. We all need to grow our strength, and we need to be praying for that as well. There's people in our community who need our help. And let's pray for them. There's folks in our own congregation that are sick, that are hurt, that are struggling. Let's make sure to pray for them as well. There are so many things, and we should be praying for all of them without ceasing, without stopping. And we've all seen those answered prayers too. And those answered prayers are once again what tells us that faith is what wins. That's what wins. Trusting in God. So as we look to God for answers through prayer... Our faith should grow the more that we trust him. So we're looking at people. We're looking at how we can find God's answers through prayer. And we are praying for that deliverance. What else are we going to do? The next P, we're going to look for projects. Those projects that we have in our lives. Maybe it was a fall festival. Maybe it was something else that, that, that you have going on. Maybe it's a specific person. But we're going to look for victories. And the fact is, folks, we've got victories coming. And that's great news. Amen? Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but as sure as God made green apples, we will have victories here in this church. And when we have those victories, we need to celebrate them. We need to rejoice in them. We need to say, all right, we've got it. You didn't really think I wasn't going to mention it, did you? Go ahead, Ryan. If you didn't know, this week, the Cubs won the World Series. <laughs> 
That was big news. You know what that celebration was for the Chicago Cubs? Now think about that, though, because as great as that was and as awesome as that was, and I can tell you this, every single person who's been a Cubs fan their whole life shed a tear. But you know what's going to be even more awesome than that to the biggest Cubs fan ever? The day that Jesus comes back. There's going to be way more than 5 million people there, folks. If not, we're probably in trouble. The fact is, if you put your hope and trust and faith in him, which so many have done across generations, you believe that it's going to happen. You believe that the Lord is right here in your heart. Oh, my goodness, it's going to be a celebration better than anything that any of us could ever imagine. And that is awesome. But whatever, it's just a baseball game. The fact is, you know what's better than the Cubs winning the World Series? This is tough to say because that's really a big thing to me. One person giving their life to Christ without a shadow of a doubt is far greater than any, anything, any kind of celebration we could have here on earth. One person. You know what's better than that? Two people. You know what's better than that? So on, so forth. We've got work to do. We've got projects that we need to have in our lives. But those projects must start with us. We can look at the, the story of Noah and the ark. You see that in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Think about that for a second. He was warned. He had fear. And he built an ark. Why? Because God told him to and to save his family. Why an ark? Because he was going to flood the earth. He needed something to save his family and all the animals that God told him to save. Why an ark? Folks, we have an ark too. Our Savior isn't a boat. Our Savior is Jesus. Now, you want to save your family. You can't do it. Only Jesus can save your family. But that starts with you. How can you expect your family to follow God? How can you expect your children to know about the Lord if you're not setting the example now? Now, the fact is, some of us that are here today didn't have parents who brought us to church. Some of you that are here today didn't have that grandparent that taught you how to pray. But think about how much easier it would have been if you had. So now this is our responsibility as Christians. Part of our path of righteousness is setting that example by living for him. Don't just make it on Sunday mornings. Make it every day of the week. This is a lifestyle Christianity isn't a club that we meet once a week and and, and sing songs. Christianity is something that we do with our lives every single day. It's who we are, and it starts with you. Now, just because you and your life are doing your best to show your, your children, your grandkids, the love of Christ, they still have decisions to make. It's still going to be on them, but isn't it more likely that they're going to choose to follow Jesus if you are? Yeah. It most certainly is, and that's our responsibility. That's why I think we've got to look for those projects, and maybe your first project is making sure that you set the example for your family. Is it an impossible task? Was the ark an impossible task? Of course not. We know that Noah succeeded in that. It took dedication. It took perseverance. He had to keep on keeping on. He had to ask God for help with these projects. He had to make sure he was focused. Some of you have projects like your family. Some of you have projects like making sure that we keep a strong church in Hartford. 
The fact is, how much better can we do when we work as a team? That was evident last Sunday night. Because we came together as a team, as a congregation, as a family, and did something good for this community. Something that people are still talking about. Folks, that's just a start. We got work to do. We're going to be busy. I promise you that. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. It almost already wears me out. makes me tired just thinking about it. But yet I still can't wait. Boy, it's going to be awesome, the things that we're going to see. What else are we going to look for now to grow our faith? We're going to have to look for strength. We're going to have to have, this one's fun to say, a power. Everybody say it with me, please. Power. Our power isn't this. It's God. Our power is our faith and trusting in him. Our power is from the fact that we want to live to please him. So let's look for that strength that he gives us. Hebrews eleven thirteen through 16, a portion of that says, All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. See, these folks realized a few things. First of all, they realized that this earth is not their eternal home. They lived by faith all the way till the end. They didn't give up. They didn't stop. That would be like being a Cubs fan until two years ago. That would really be not, you know, you really missed out if you gave up on it two years ago. But now think about that with God, because we've got to follow him, folks, all the way. And someday when we go all the way, we're going to have a reward that is going to be the best thing ever, ever. That should send chills up your spine. So we got to make sure that we are living by faith at death all the way. Now, you notice that it said that these, these folks, they didn't see all the things that God had promised. They didn't. They, they, these folks, they didn't see the Messiah. They didn't. But they will. They will. Now, what about us with our victories, with the success that we strive for? Well, first, let me tell you, God does empower you to succeed. He does. He's given you all the tools. That's why we're talking about this empowerment series, because he wants you to succeed. Maybe not to be the next billionaire. Maybe not uh, to win the World Series. God wants you to succeed with your faith, with the reward far greater than anything else. And he empowers you by that. Let's look at Hebrews 11, verse 1. Faith, confidence, and what we hope for. It's assurance about what we do not see. It's believing that one day when we go all the way, Christ is going to be there waiting for us. But we might not see all the victories. We might not see all the success before that day comes. Maybe you're working with somebody right now, trying to show them the love of Christ. Maybe it's things, projects that you've been working on. Maybe you won't see them all the way to fruition in your life. One of the things that so many Cubs fans talked about this past week was, I wish Grandpa could have lived for this. I wish Great Grandpa could have lived for this. It had been 108 years. Many generations had come and gone. My story was a little different. I do wish my Grandpa could have seen it. He's a Cardinals fan, though. I wanted to call him and rub it in. But I would have, too. Uh, he didn't see it. He didn't see it. But what about our faith? What about the lives you are touching right now with the examples that you set? We hope we see all the victories. We hope that we see everybody that we've ever reached out to come to Christ. Chances are you won't. 
Because chances are, even on the last day of your life, by faith, you are setting an example and maybe even planting a seed for someone. Just a little mustard seed of faith. Just a little mustard seed. And you can do anything. There's nothing that is impossible but just faith the size of a mustard seed. Think about that. So, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of hard. But we should all realize that we won't see all we've prayed for, all we've worked for. But by faith, we know that God is faithful to us. By faith, we succeed. Someday we will go all the way, folks. There's no doubt about that. And why? Because faith is our victory. Would you please bow with me? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for this day that we have to come and realize that it's by faith that you empower us. Lord, help us to grow in our faith. Help us to be empowered even more with our belief, our trust in you, by earnestly seeking you. Lord, help us to be even more confident in what we don't see, but what we know is there because you live in our hearts, Lord. Help us to grow. Lord, we know that by growing in faith, we, we can do even more work for you. So help us, help us to focus first on loving, on trusting, on obeying, and on being faithful to you so that, so that we can, in that process, at the same time, set that example for others. Lord, we ask that you be with us. But Lord, most of all, we thank you for that victory that you give us through our faith that we only have through your son, Jesus. That's why it's in his most precious and awesome name we do pray. Amen.